Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. I bring you greetings from the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. My name is Roger Zatwebembire, the director, and I am privileged to be speaking to you, especially from the scriptures. We will be talking about a topic entitled, Can Christians Be Deceived? Hmm. I know now you are wondering and you are saying, why would you even ask such a question? We all know that Christians cannot be deceived. That's why they are saved. After all, they have the Holy Spirit. They are full of anointing. Jesus is the center of their lives. Why would Christians be deceived? Or maybe you are even there and you are thinking, is that a topic surely worth discussing? After all, if we know that Christians can be deceived, so what? Why is it important for us that we should be talking about this? But did you know, even before we go far, that almost every book of the New Testament gives warnings about the danger of deception and cults and false teachings and error. Did you know that apart from the book of Philemon, every other book in the New Testament warns believers in churches, in gatherings, that they need to beware of the danger of false teaching. In fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, from 20 to 22, he calls them and he says, test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The Apostle John later writing to the believers in 1 John chapter 4, he says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And what is the reason he gives? Because so many false prophets have come into the world. So again I ask, can Christians be deceived? You as a Christian, can you be deceived? It is my privilege to take you through the book of Colossians and for a while we will be looking at different chapters of Paul's letter to the Colossians as we see the warnings and the fatherly and apostolic guidance that the Apostle Paul gives to the church at Colossae as he seeks to ground them in their faith, to grow them in God's grace and to guard them from every kind of false teaching and error. I would like to read chapter 2 of Colossians and I will read about the first five verses and let's go back to our question. Is it possible that Christians can be deceived? And if so, what can Christians today in our time do to avoid deception and how can they help their loved ones from being deceived by cultists, by false teachers, by false apostles, by false prophets, by false miracles, by all sorts of falsehoods that you can ever imagine that characterize Christianity today. So let's listen to the word of God. What does the Apostle Paul say as he writes his letter to the Colossians and we are looking at chapter 2 from verses 1 to verse 5. Listen to the word of the Lord. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one 
may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So this is the word of the Lord. Here is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae. And if you ever have any doubt as to who these people were, I can assure you from Paul's writing that these people were men of God, faithful Christians, faithful followers of Christ Jesus. If you wanted an example of what it meant to be Christian in the apostles' day, you would have looked at the church at Colossae. Notice how he introduces his letter to them in Colossians chapter 1 from verses uh, 2. Paul addresses his letter to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ Jesus at Colossae, and he bids them God's grace and peace. What is the Apostle Paul saying? That he's writing his letter to people who are Christians, men and women who have embraced the gospel of God's grace, who now understand what it means to be delivered from sin and to live for Jesus. While they are still living on earth, the Apostle Paul has the audacity to identify them as saints, as men and women that have been set apart for God, that have been made holy by Christ, that have received Christ's righteousness. There is no doubt whatsoever that Paul is writing to believers. Now, what is very interesting is that when you come to chapter 2, the same Paul who just addressed them as saints and faithful brothers in Christ now begins to give them a series of warnings about the danger of false teaching and what they can do to stay free from the deception that these false teachers bring. And you are left wondering, if these people were already believers, saints as a matter of fact, faithful believers moreover, why would the Apostle Paul warn them about false teaching? Shouldn't they be immune to deceivers? Shouldn't they know the truth of their faith well enough that they can easily distinguish it from counterfeit gospels and teachings? Is it really necessary for the Apostle Paul to spare precious time to write to these wonderful saints and of all things to warn them about the danger of deception? In other words, what the Apostle Paul is intimating here is that believers can actually be deceived. That you may be a Christian, but you are still vulnerable to error. You are still vulnerable to teachings that seemingly look Christian, sound Christian, look biblical, but actually are distorted or are perversions of the truth as we find in the scriptures. Paul makes it very clear. That while these Colossian believers have become saints and faithful brothers in Christ, they are still prone to error. And he wishes to tell them a number of things that can help them to beware of the danger, but even more so to know how to guard themselves. So in other words, what you and I can agree on today as we open God's word is that believers can actually be led to error. Is that believers need to be cautious is that believers need to know what they believe, why they believe what they believe, and how effectively they can guard it from opponents or critics of the Christian faith. Notice what Paul tells them in the process of helping them to guard themselves against these false teachings. He opens his second chapter of Colossians saying that I want you to know 
I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. What does the Apostle Paul want them to know? He wants them to know, number one, that danger is lacking in their midst. That false teachers have already infiltrated their ranks. And they are doing everything possible to take them away from the foundations of their faith. And they need to know who these teachers are. They need to know what these teachers are teaching. They need to know how to respond to these teachers when they knock on their doors or when they come to their schools or when they visit their churches or when they meet them on the streets in Kampala. They need to know the extent and the intent of the danger that they are facing and therefore know how to deal with them. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying that in guarding our faith, knowledge is extremely important. That for you, to be able to defend your faith against false teachers, first of all, you need to know what it is that is true. What do you believe as an individual? What do you believe as a church? Are you sure what you believe is actually true, is faithful to scripture, is worth believing? Because if you don't know what you believe, then you cannot easily know whether they are telling you the truth or not as they speak to you. Someone has said that if you can't stand for something, you will fall for anything. The Apostle Paul understands the danger of ignorance, a spiritual ignorance in this matter. And he says, you Colossian brothers, you need to know what you are up against. Knowledge of what is true is extremely important. Knowledge of some of the key teachings of the false teachers is extremely important. Because if you know about these teachers... And you know about what God has said in his word. You can easily exercise discernment and be able to tell where the truth is and where the error is so that you can stay away from it, so that you can guard yourself and you can guard your loved ones. Look at what he says in verse 4 in the same spirit. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Again, Paul began by saying, I want you to know. Now here in verse 4 he says, I say this so that the reason you need this information, the reason I should warn you, the reason you need to be aware is so that you can easily detect the, the counterfeits, the false teachers, and therefore you can know how to respond. Paul says believers must know their faith well enough so that they can distinguish it from false teachings or false gospels and therefore stand firm in the faith that they have come to believe in Christ Jesus. Did you know that if there is a time in the history of our church when believers are ignorant about their faith, it is, it is now. We live in a generation today where believers carry their Bibles without studying them. Some of them will even gladly put them under their pillows and hope that because the Bible is the word of God, it will protect them from spirits and charms sent by their enemies. And they see it as a magical book, but not really as the inspired word of God that can inform them, transform them, and reform them. So many Christians carrying Bibles but never knowing what is in the pages of those Bibles. Those who try to read them either misinterpret them or misapply their Bibles and the end result is tragic. The end result is false teaching and false application. Did you know that most of our believers today are more comfortable by listening to what their pastor says but not what the Bible says? 
It is not uncommon in our day to be engaged in a biblical discussion and you will hear people saying, my pastor says, my pastor says, our deacon says, our church says, but in a conversation of one hour, you may not hear these brothers quoting the Bible to hear what God's word says. So if they do not know what is in the word of God, if they do not know what is true, how can they really know what is false? How can you know what is false if you don't know what is genuine? How can you know what is soft if you have not touched what is hard? For believers today, to be able to grow in their faith and in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, they must learn to know. They must access information. And this is what Paul has been saying in Colossians chapter 2. What is his honest desire for the Colossian brothers? He wants these brothers to reach the fullness of assurance of understanding. He wants these brothers to have the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ Jesus. And he says that in Christ Jesus are the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why is it that of all teachings, the Apostle Paul keeps calling these brothers to have knowledge and wisdom? You would think, just as we are hearing in our day, that Paul would have been giving them seven steps on how to get rich, maybe three secrets on how to get a good wife, or maybe five ways in which you can get a visa to the U.S. without applying for it, or maybe seven ways in which you can get a promotion even though you don't qualify for that job. And those are the teachings we are hearing in our day. Isn't that the reason so many of the believers today are looking for apostles and modern prophets who can give them shortcuts on how to make it rich, on how to be more happy and better in their lives, even when they have not followed the necessary steps to get there? Today's Christianity is a quick fix. Just like we love instant coffee and instant chips and instant sausages, today's Christians are looking for instant God, instant miracles, instant breakthroughs, instant marriages, instant jobs, and the list goes on. Now what is interesting, while today's Christianity looks for materialism and the riches that accompany them, Paul is saying, you brothers at Koroshi, the most important thing that can ever happen to you is to have knowledge is to have wisdom of who Christ is. What you need is to have a full assurance of understanding. Please notice the key words he's using there. Understanding, knowledge, wisdom, full assurance, and all these phrases pertain to an acknowledgement of information. That when Christians have information on what is true and what is not, they are able to tell the difference between truth and error, the difference between right and wrong, and they are able not only to understand, but to analyze critically and to be able to identify things and therefore to answer and respond, especially to those who would seek to lead them into error. Paul is saying, brothers, you need to know. That is the reason I write to you. That is the reason I warn you. Why do you need to know? Because there are false teachers among you. Please notice what else that the Apostle Paul points out that is very important to the Colossian church at this time. He says, I want you to know. I am telling you this so that you will not be deluded or you will not be deceived by people who seek to use plausible arguments to lead you astray. Now, in that sentence, there are two key words that you should take note of. Number one, the Apostle Paul uses the word to delude. 
which could mean delusion, which could mean deception, which could mean lying. The Apostle Paul says that there are men in the midst of the Colossian church whose goal and agenda is to deceive men and women who, while claiming to be fellow believers, are actually seeking to deny, to distort, to destroy, to divert, to deviate from the fundamental teachings of the Christian faith. And the Apostle Paul is saying that unless the Colossian brothers are watchful and they know what it is they believe, they are likely to be led into error. Now another thing he points out that is very, very important for you and me is that he says that these men use plausible arguments. The word plausible can mean reasonable, it can mean convincing arguments. So what he is saying is that these men, these deceivers in the church at Colossi were actually very smart men. They were not these guys who just come and tell you anything without reasoning through it. And you know why this is very important? It is because many believers think that they cannot be deceived by false teachers because they can easily identify them and recognize their teachings. What they do not realize is that preachers of error and falsehood are not always obvious. No one is ever going to come to you and say, by the way, I'm an agent of the devil, I'm trying to start a satanic church, do you think you can join me so together we can end up in hell? There is no teacher who is ever going to say that. In most cases, these guys are very smart. That's how they manage to convince hundreds of people to follow them without them detecting that there is a problem with their theology or doctrines. Some of these guys are the smartest that we have on earth. They even go as far as forming systems of doctrine and theology that is convincing and easily believable. Paul is saying that the people among you who seek to deceive you are not idlers or who have just come in without knowing what exactly it is that they believe. These people are not guilty of innocence and ignorance. These are men and women who know what they are doing, who while knowing the truth deliberately, intentionally, have distorted it and deviated from it, and their agenda number one is to deceive you, to delude you, with convincing arguments, seemingly intelligent arguments, but whose goal lead into error and destruction. Paul says, because these men are intelligent, because these men are crafty, because these men can easily convince you, all the more reason why you need to be discerning, all the more reason why you need to know what you believe, all the more reason why you need to be on alert. You know, I meet so many people who have, uh, say, relatives in cultic groups. And these people will come to me and say, I don't understand why my brother would be involved in a cultic church or a cultic group. Can you imagine my brother is a doctor? He managed to study modern scientific medicine. He manages to diagnose the sicknesses of the different patients. But why is it that he cannot tell that his pastor is a false prophet or a false apostle? What really happens? And you meet some other people who say, people who join cults are very foolish and stupid. For me, I can never join them. But do you know that even people who speak like that might be in a cultic group and they just are not aware? Do you know that it is very, very easy for anyone to be deceived? Because you see, preachers of a different gospel do not necessarily deny the gospel, they just distort it. You remember what the serpent did in the Garden of Eden when he deceived Eve? 
He did not only say, you see, if God hates you, that's why he did not make you like him. No, he actually painted a picture of a good God, a God who loves Eve, a God who gave her paradise in Eden. And then he said, but you know, there is something God has withheld from you. If you could just eat of that tree that he told you not to, you could actually be like God and you no longer have to be answerable to him. We do not see the serpent denying the truth about God. We do not see the serpent saying God necessarily has evil intentions. But what he does is that what God has given you is not enough. It could be better than that. You need to add something on top of God's revelation, on top of God's will, on top of God's gospel. And in the same manner today, false teachers and preachers continue to operate. They will not necessarily deny the truth of the Christian faith, but they may add to it, they may subtract from it, they may multiply the requirements of salvation, they may divide the royalty of the followers, that instead of following Jesus, now they are following the God of a certain prophet, now they are following the Jesus of a certain apostle, now they can only know God through a certain pastor or a certain man. And once that pastor becomes your mediator between you and God, you have already lost the gospel of God's grace. You have already moved away from Jesus, the only mediator between God and men. And Paul is saying, you Colossian brothers, the reason all the more I am writing to you is that I want you to know, number one, there is grave danger in your midst. Number two, that danger is not easily detected or discerned because these men are smarter, they have convincing arguments, their arguments are intelligent and plausible, but their goal is to deceive you. And once you are not able to know who they are, once you are not able to detect them, they will lead you into error. And the Apostle Paul says, I am concerned about you. I want you to know. I want you to see how they are deviating from the word of God. Some of them will come and bomb you with a lot of love. They may even love you more than your own mother has ever loved you. And you may be saying, Pastor, what took you so long to start this church? If I had known, I would have joined you 10 years ago. But what you don't realize is that that love is just the beginning impression you get when you are entering. But when you come in, things change. You enter in by love, but you have to maintain that love by the things you do or don't do, by the way you behave, by how you please the leaders. And the moment you do not do what is required of you, instead of love, now they will start threatening you. Instead of love, now they will take away the favors they were giving you. Some of them will even start threatening and telling you they are going to kill you or they will destroy your reputation or they will talk against you and your boss will fire you. There are all sorts of tactics, manipulative tactics that they will use to retain you once you are in. Which is why the Apostle Paul is saying, don't enter in the first place. Don't be vulnerable at all. Do not be subject to their plausible arguments that may seemingly look convincing on the outside, but on the inside are actually dangerous. Is it a wonder that when Jesus speaks to his disciples in Matthew chapter 7 verse 15, he says, watch out for false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Why would Jesus tell his disciples to watch out? Because these false teachers are not easy to see. He says that on the outward, they look like gentle, harmless, innocent sheep. 
But is that what they are on the inside? On the inside, he says they are ferocious wolves looking for someone to devour. And because they are not easily detected, that's why Jesus doesn't just say, don't join them. But he says, watch out. Be diligent. Be on the alert. You could easily miss them. Be discerning so that you can defend yourself. In Matthew 24, verse 24, Jesus takes it a notch higher. He says that in the last days, false prophets and false Christs will come. And guess what he adds? He says, some will perform signs and wonders, if possible, to deceive even the elect. Did you know that a false teacher might even have the ability to perform signs and wonders, and that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a faithful man of God? Which is what Apostle Paul says, these guys are intelligent, they are convincing. They have tactics that draw you in. They could teach you something that looks like almost the truth, but really is not the truth. And Paul says, if you are going to defend your faith against such deceptive teachers, you need to know. You need to find the knowledge and the wisdom that is found in Christ. In other words, the antidote to deception is knowledge and wisdom in Christ. He is saying that if you know Christ, and in Christ are hidden all the fullness of the riches of God's knowledge and understanding. You will actually know enough that will secure you. You will be grounded in God's truth that you can easily discern error. And you will protect yourself from these opportunistic and dangerous false teachers that characterize our times. The answer Paul gives to deception is Christ Jesus. That you must understand that if you come to Jesus, he is the fullness of everything that you will ever need or ever need to know to stand firm in the faith. That in Christ Jesus, you will find knowledge of what is true. You will find wisdom on how to discern and to protect yourself. That in Christ Jesus, everything that these false prophets seem to be promising you, you will actually find it in Jesus. And therefore, you don't need these false prophets. What you need is Jesus. For in him is the fullness, as the Apostle Paul says of the understanding of all the mysteries of God. In him are hidden all the treasures that God has prepared to lavish upon his children. Do you know that believers can be deceived? Do you know that you could be one of them apart from the grace of God? What are you doing to protect yourself from the deception of our time? And the Apostle Paul says that being knowledgeable and standing firm in the truth of God as revealed in the scriptures, having the ability to discern truth from error as you deepen your faith in the scriptures, is what will save you from these deceiving, the deceptive teachers that are out to lead you astray from the firm foundation that has been laid for you in Christ. May the Lord bless you so much as you continue to ponder this wonderful truth of scripture. My prayer is that the Lord will deepen you in your understanding of him, that you will not only stand firm for your faith, but you will help your loved ones who are entrapped in these cultic groups and false churches, that they may know the truth, the only truth that can set them free. May God abundantly bless you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.